0: Welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And we are starting 101 episodes. Hooray! Yes, indeed. A brand new, I guess, season unofficially, (laughs) (laughs) and we're here to talk about a brand new musical. Yeah. That's really, really exciting.
0: It's always exciting to get to talk about something new.
1: Yeah. We've covered a few newer shows... Obviously, we've done Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've done Cinderella, which again, really, really exciting.
0: But this is our first time, I think, covering something that isn't based on a book, a movie, or like a pre existing piece of content.
1: I, I mean, it's a pre existing piece of content in the fact it's like real life and lives of somebody.
0: Yes, because this is our first biopic
1: yes which i think is really really exciting we've obviously talked about shows in the past you know jukebox style shows like mamma mia Mm -hmm. that use existing songs and repurpose repackage them
0: yeah
1: but obviously with mamma mia it tells a fictional story yes and you have that difficulty with a fictional story of okay but how do we fit sos into this (laughs) yeah You know, you want to get kind of
0: one of the best things about Mamma Mia was that they were like, "We're going to fit all these songs in,"
1: and we have to think of a way that makes it work. (laughs) How do we do that? Yeah. Whereas with this one, because it's a real life show, you have to think, I guess, a little bit. You can use whichever shows you want, Mm -hmm. or whichever songs you want. Sorry, you've just got to tell the story that leads to it. It's not like you've got to kind of fit it. You know, like We Will Rock You. I've not seen it, but I can't imagine. How they would fit Bohemian Rhapsody into it? Like, yes. what could they possibly do that leads the story in such a way that you have Bohemian Rhapsody? You know, yeah, you know. And there's there's a there's a lot of jukebox musicals out there that seem to do a really good job of taking popular songs, repurposing them. You know, Anne Juliet, for instance, mm-hmm. takes a lot of the soundtrack of the '90s, early 2000s. And fits it into this Shakespearean world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm excited to see a biopic that uses exclusively their songs to tell their story. Yeah. About a group that I don't know anything about. Yeah. So The Osmonds, a new musical. This one does come with a little addendum under the uh, the title saying, A Story by Jay Osmond. Now, either that is a coincidence <laughs> or that is in fact one of the osmond family
0: yes it is indeed one of the osmond family
1: as i suspected so therefore this must come with a you know some quite interesting behind the scenes tidbits
0: you would think so and you would think it was going to be a lot of expose kind of things because other biopics that i've seen contain a lot of stuff obviously it's about people's real lives so there's always going to be drama and there's always going to be conflict, yes, as there would be in any family or any relationship. For example, The, the Last Five King... Years. Well, yeah, the last <laughs> five years. Not technically a biopic because he's not allowed to say that, but <laughs> legally, he's not allowed to say that. But things like Beautiful, the Carol King musical, her husband cheats on her and then leaves her, and she yeah. writes a whole album about it. And that's kind of the point, like the plot of the show, is their breaking relationship.
1: And of course, it's her perspective.
0: From her perspective, yes. So this is the story of the life and the music of the Osmonds from J. Osmond's perspective. So and not Donny. That's sort of the key thing here is that it is his perspective because the story is by J. Osmond, but then we have the book, which is by Julian Big and Sean Kerrison.
1: Yeah. So obviously, they've worked with him to craft this. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes because he actually wrote a book called Stages about his life.
0: Yeah.
1: And at that point, a friend of his said, why don't you turn this into a stage show? Mm -hmm. So it is an adaptation of, I guess, his memoirs. Yeah. So he's obviously very, very involved with this, but you have a very talented duo with a lot of experience between them when it comes to working on the stage
0: Well, Julian Big has worked on like every big musical in the West End in the last sort of 50 years. So he was the musical director and supervisor on things like Les Mis, The Phantom of the Opera, Cats, uh, Sweeney Todd. Crazy View, you, Shrek the Musical, yeah. and like My Fair Lady. So all these big musicals. So we should expect this to be very well musically directed.
1: Yes, and Sean Kerrison, who's director and co-writer, has also worked on things like Les Mis, but and Kiss Me Kate, but specifically as well, there's a lot of BBC proms. So you've got Kiss Me Kate, the BBC proms, My Fair Lady, the BBC proms. You have the Lay Mis in concert at the Royal Albert Hall, but also in Tokyo, Windsor Castle, Chelmsford Festival, Cardiff. So a lot of experience with that kind of difference, not just yeah, staging the show, but translating it for a concert mm-hmm. environment. Also worked on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes, indeed. So I'm excited to see how this works. Obviously, I know very little about the Osmonds as a family. I know Donny Osmond because... Was Donny Osmond in our very first ever episode 100 episodes ago? Was he yes, Joseph?
0: He was. he was. Joseph.
1: That's interesting. That's fun. It's a nice little bookending there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So therefore has translated quite well. And I remember you saying that kind of came from quite a wholesome background. Yeah. And also... They referenced Donny Osmond in Book of Mormon.
0: Yep. Donny Osmond flair for...
1: Uh... Hip new prophet who had a little Donny Osmond flair. Yep. <laughs> so... Which
0: is, in fact, because the Osmonds are Mormon.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Fantastic. That's or why they must Mormon have such a big family.
0: Obviously, I don't really know anything about them except for that. That is the only thing I know because I said to my mum, oh, we're going to see um, the Osmonds. And I was fortunate enough to go and see Book of Mormon recently, and my mum was like, Oh, they're Mormons too. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. That's all I know about them.
1: Yeah, I know, I know a little. couple of songs. I know Puppy Love. Yeah. And I know Love Me for a Reason, but I only know them because of modern.
0: Puppy Love was covered
1: by S Club Juniors. Yeah, baby. And it's S Club. in Love Actually. It's like oh it's the worst song uh, ever yeah <laughs> you've got this you've got the uh dj wearing worst his DJ. motorhead t-shirt he goes and this next songs for the lovers there's quite a few out of there i wouldn't be surprised and then he's all <laughs> acting like really like Macho, emotional yeah. to it and yeah you've got love me for a reason by boyzone mm-hmm. but i knew that one as well so i don't know i think that's the thing I, I'm, I'm worried about with this one yeah because i don't know anything about about the osmonds yeah will there be references to things that i don't understand Mm -hmm. you know will i be able to i I hope i'll be able to follow this but will there be almost moments where like they don't go into full detail because they expect their audience to know about it because they will have lived through the period of osmond mania yeah so that for me is my biggest concern is is this musical for me or is this a musical that is for fans does that make sense yes you know something like waitress i don't think you need to be a fan of the film to enjoy waitress yeah Mamma mia i think it helps that you are a fan of abba Mm -hmm. going into it but i feel like Mamma mia has something for everyone lame is you certainly don't need to be a fan of the original book to enjoy this yeah so i do wonder if that appeal is cut down with biopics that you know jersey boys if i know nothing about them will i care how much character building will happen because they just expect you to know and like the, the, this group of people.
0: Yeah. that's true. I don't... I think I know one more song than you do, which is the like, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll. Oh, yeah, because you got. Only
1: because my mum sings it. But you got Donnie and Marie, don't you? Yes. That they have like a variety show. It's like the Donnie and Marie show.
0: The other thing that I know about the Osmonds is that I watched their cartoon show when I was a kid. They
1: had a cartoon show.
0: They did, yes. Uh, It was very Hanna-Barbera-like in its animation style. But yeah, it was about the. The main Osmonds, but then also the littlest one, who wasn't one of the Osmonds. Yeah, like Scrappy like, Doo. Yeah, he basically is Scrappy Doo because, like, you've got the main Osmonds, which is the oldest one down to Donny.
1: Yeah,
0: and then one extra one who's little and blonde and doesn't look like the rest of them, from what I remember from from the cartoon style, doesn't look like the rest of them. So yeah, that's that's kind of all I know about them, and they're just like Brady Bunch wholesome. So. So
1: look up so that could be quite big then if like if they were this brady bunch wholesome type group yeah that if this is that kind of big expose like a real lifting the curtain moment that this could be very much uh, destroy the legacy of the osmonds potentially or or, or or i mean do you think they would go that far what you know this is a story by jay osmond but how involved are the rest of the osmonds mm-hmm. do you think they'd go that far do you think their fans would want that if they were seen as quite wholesome? Or do you think this will be a, a loving uh, stroll down memory lane?
0: Based on previous biopics I've seen, it's usually a bit of both. Okay. And especially because this isn't like Jay and Donny Osmond or Jay and any of the other ones. It's just Jay's... <laughs>
1: The other I can ones. only name one. I know Donnie and Marie.
0: Yeah, well, but like she's not one of their, their
1: Osmonds. Okay.
0: It's really cuz
1: we're going to learn about this. Osmonds make no sense. We will learn about this, I'm sure, you know, like this will probably be like a history lesson on Osmonds as opposed to Yeah, basically. Which I'm ex- Do you know what? I like learning new things. So for me this is pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: will I enjoy it or will I just come and go, "Huh, that was very very interesting." Yeah. So looking at the press release, we're going to go see this at the new Victoria Theatre in Woking. Mm -hmm. Basically, our home away from home at this point. But what Jay Osmond says is... There are some difficult times in my life and some big hurdles to overcome. And this musical will tell people things that will surprise them. But despite that trouble, when you look back and think of the fans, the music, the once-in-a-lifetime things we did, it's joyful. I guess I want to do this now to try and spread a little bit of that joy. I'll know I've done a good job telling this story if I stand at the back of the theatre and see people waving their arms in the air, singing along and dancing in the aisles. I just want people to be enjoying themselves. I guess that is in the Osmonds' DNA. So you know, a few things that might surprise people. Interesting. Maybe this will be a little bit of an expose, but it seems like it's going to be more of a love letter. I don't want to see people singing along or dancing. I know there's a lot about theatre etiquette right now. Yes. Singing along, especially at the price people pay for these tickets, is it appropriate? Mm -hmm. But maybe he's designed this to be more of a concert experience and anything else
0: i guess with a lot of biopic musicals they embed the music really well the ones i've seen anyway i'm yeah. told that rocket man does this very well a lot of the songs aren't just happening as they happened but they're happening and there's like the like, magical realism laid on top of them. The only thing I've seen from that is when he sings Crocodile Rock and, like, floats up into the yeah. air and the audience na, does too. Do. I love that. That's a great concept. And Carol King, that one, the songs are all happening chronologically when they did, okay, but they cool. also have other meanings. So she sings one of the songs and it's while she's watching the woman that her husband is cheating on her with also sing the same song as her, which is Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. So like the, the conflict around that is really interesting. And then Jersey Boys, their songs are all embedded, but again, they're happening sort of around when they happened. Obviously, it's not a perfect art because it's a musical. You have to make it fit. So I'm hoping that the songs in this will be used in a way that is narrative and storytelling, but also connected to when the songs actually came out. But I only know three Osmond songs, so let's find out.
1: Yeah, I think this is it. I think hopefully we're going to have a fun night at the theatre. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a little bit about the Osmonds, maybe get caught up in Osmond mania. Yep. And we'll yeah, see. <laughs> we'll see. But we will be back, I guess, after intermission to, to detail the life and times of the Osmond family. But will yes, it be indeed. a successful stage adaptation? Mm-hmm. You'll have to watch this space to find out. We'll see Very, very shortly. Yeah. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one, girl. Love me for a reason. Let the reason be love.
0: we are back
1: yes we are we have come back to the present after a nice uh travel down memory lane
0: mm-hmm.
1: i had a great time yeah i i really enjoyed this one i think i take back what i said about not being sure this one's for me mm-hmm I, I, I don't think it was written for, you know, newer fans. Or it definitely people. wasn't. But, you know, I still think you can take something away from this and still enjoy the ride that they go on. Mm-hmm. I think the framing of it is really nice. Don't get me wrong. I certainly feel like it could do more at times. And I also feel like it's very, very long. Yes. And would I have felt those things if I was a diehard Osmond fan? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoyed it. What about you?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was it's good fun. The plot will make sense to you if you know nothing about the Osmonds. But if you're waiting to hear the songs that you know, you're gonna be waiting a long time.
1: Yeah, I think they do a really good job at like building it and waiting for like the big songs to maybe be the the very, very last song. So one of the very last songs we will get is the one you've just heard is Love Me For A Reason. Yep. Which does feel like the nice climax song. Yeah. But then you also have Crazy Horses.
0: R- yes, which, which is... everybody except for us knew.
1: <laughs> but that's their biggest song, I believe. Like, that's sure. the song that I, I think made the most money or sold the most copies so oh
0: yes because the joke was (laughs)
1: because
0: jay's the one singing yeah yeah
1: so you know yeah they build up to these i think yeah i mean that in itself it's the climax of this really good joke of you know why did this song do so well i i have a theory because i'm the one who sang it and it's the Mm -hmm. only one i ever sang lead vocals on and of course that would be the climax to his story Mm -hmm. i like the way this is staged that very much this is diegetic sound that it happens in the real world because the the bulk of these songs take place as concert-esque performances yes or you know replicating the donnie and marie show where they do these these numbers on live television as they would happen yeah but they've also done a really nice job at finding the kind of non-diegetic songs where they use Osmond songs to explain characters' inner thoughts at that time. Yeah. Which is, I think, a really nice mix. I wasn't expecting to get any reflective songs. Because mm-hmm. this this starts very much straight away with the Osmonds coming out colour-coded like Power Rangers.
0: They basically are the Power Rangers. <laughs>
1: But colour codes and they stay on different, they, they, they've they got this nice rainbow on the stage or, you know, the different colours and they stay on it and they come out and they do a really nice opening number. But it is, you hear the the screams of the crowd, the curtains come up and you see them performing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's very much like you're watching the Osmonds performing. Yeah. And I like that it starts <laughs> Blood Brothers-esque at the end. That we see one of their final performances in their heyday. Yeah. And we see Jay saying that, you know, I'm I'm leaving the band. And Alan says, no, you're not. We'll talk mm. about this. And then Alan storms off. Then you have Jay turn to the audience. We're like, well, hello there.
0: <laughs> Smash cut. You might be wondering how I got here. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. But I think that's quite a nice framing technique in the sense of we start at the end of their story.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we work our way back there. Mm. From their humble beginnings as like a barbershop quartet up until global superstars who are now bankrupt but need to earn the money back. Yes. We're not going to do as deep a dive as we usually would.
0: Yeah, because this is very... There's... There's no online plot synopsis of this. This is a very new musical. We don't know anything about the Osman's actual real life. So I have nothing to compare it to for once to be like, oh, well, actually this, because like we said before, this is Jay's perspective on his life. And I'm sure there are things that did not happen. And I'm sure there are things that from his experience of things did happen but that the others would argue with because that's just how life is and
1: also we're not going to necessarily get the big expose of things you want mostly because maybe jay wasn't privy to that information so he's not fictionalizing things which is both a good thing and a bad thing in terms of storytelling yeah obviously because this is a newer musical it's one that i think you should all go out and experience for yourself Mm -hmm. I'd say spoiler warning, but if you're familiar with the Osmonds' life, it won't really be a spoiler warning. You're going to know this. If you're not familiar with the Osmonds, it might be a spoiler warning. But I think we're going to talk about a few things we liked, a few things we maybe would have done differently, Mm -hmm. um, and just the general strengths and maybe weaknesses of this show from our perspectives. Very similar, I guess, to what we did with our West Side Story episode.
0: Yes. Because we're just giving what what we think. We're not going to do a whole plot run through. We're just going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like,
1: and because it you know because we're talking about their lives and their careers, there's so much to cover in this that actually if we did try and do a full deep dive, this could be a three hour long episode. Yeah, so we're not doing that. But I do really like. Uh, let's talk about Jay Osmond. I mean, the man himself was there. We saw him, he was, yeah. you know, sat behind us briefly and then he sat up above us in the circle.
0: Yeah, and people loved that. As soon as people realised that he was actually there, that was it. Like, people were screaming at yeah, him. taking and...
1: pictures, waving at him. Like, you were like, oh my God, I can... Did they, like...
0: This is Osmania. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. This is this is crazy. This is me at a my chemical romance, co- you know, concert or you yeah. know my chemical romance musical with Gerard or Mikey or Frank was there. I'd be like, oh, my God, losing my mind because mm-hmm. they're there, you know, in 20 years time. And you could see what Ozmania would have looked like for the bulk of the audience who were certainly like these were definitive moments in their lives growing up.
0: Yes, the vast majority of the audience were the correct age for Osmania. So they were the girls that went to these concerts. And we had a fabulous line about um, when the Osmonds came to the UK, there was this like actor who came on as a policeman who yeah. was trying to keep the crowds back. And he was like, this is a bloody disgrace. They should be in school. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. And the audience they laughed everybody because used.
1: they knew. And it's, yeah, because Mania very much came after Beatlemania. It was the next one. So mm-hmm. it was the, the next kind of step. But, the, the, you know, Jay himself on stage, Alex Lodge, I think does a really brilliant job at going between narrator and character within the scenes. Like, I think it's really seamless.
0: Yeah, and that was he, really good. And really
1: well done. Com- makes himself a very trustworthy narrator because he's quite cheeky. Uh, you know, it's almost tongue in cheek with the way he says things. And he comes across really reliable, which is so important because you're like... You're laughing, so obviously you've got the safety curtain at the start that says, story by Jay Osmond. Yes. You see Jay saying he's going to leave. And then we meet Wendy, who's this fan, who's like, well, hello, Jay, I really like you. You're my favourite Osmond. That
0: was not her accent. No, No, but you know what I mean?
1: She's like, Jay is my favourite Osmond. And I laughed a little bit because I'm like, of course he's going to have written in, you know, that people think he's the favourite Osmond. Yeah. And then you see him. And I think it's difficult because... He has to address the elephant in the room that this is his story, Mm -hmm. and he has to make his character on stage come across likable. We have to trust him, you know, because there are no other Osmonds involved in this. No other Osmond speaks directly to the audience, except
0: for well, some of them sing directly. They sing directly to us, but but that's in character. Tell us anything, Yeah. yeah.
1: So we have to trust him, and Alex Lodge does a fantastic job of that, I think. You know, his personality is great. We start the opening and we meet the the young Osmonds with an amazing, very, very talented cast of youngsters.
0: The children cast in this are so talented and they were so good. It was really impressive because there were a couple of moments in this where things went wrong. Yes. And this is a new musical. We expect that, especially when they're on tour with a new musical, you're in a new venue stuff's going to happen. And the kids were so professional.
1: Yeah, they were. Not that the
0: adults were but the kids. No, the you know, kids, but you expect know. expect a little bit less.
1: They say don't work with children, animals or fruit.
0: Grapes, yeah.
1: <laughs> but we did have a really good bunch. We had Alfie Murray, who was playing Wayne Osmond. And he was Boohoo in The Grinch. Oh, yeah, he the was Grinch, in The Grinch. Which was really, really cool. And, and you know, very, very good, I think. They did a really lovely job with this. We also had, and I thought they did a really good job of this, casting this. We had Oshan Salter, who played Donny Osmond, and he was so cute on stage. You know, like when they introduce him, the joke is the fact you've got a baby Osmond.
0: Yeah, and he was supposed to be five. I don't know how old the kid actually is, but he was little. Loved it.
1: Yeah. So, so Alfie Murray was Meryl Osmond. I said Wayne by accident. We had, yeah, a really, really talented young cast overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our child cast that we saw was Jack Jones, Alfie Jones, Alfie Murray, Tom Walsh, Oshan, Salter and Fraser Fawkes. Yeah, they were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way we have the young cast, the aged outcasts and then the parents
0: yeah and
1: seeing the interactions between all of them was really really good and it really hinges because we're seeing we're seeing all of their lives and there's a really nice song i can't we won't be able to tell you what songs which because they blend there's so many songs there's 30 plus songs in this and if yeah. we don't know Osmond's songs, it's tough, but there's a really nice song where you have the children performing and you've got them sat at their instruments, and then the adult Osmonds come out and dance and sing with the young Osmonds, and then they swap places, and the adult Osmonds are sat behind the instruments, and the young Osmonds come out and dance, and then they high five their counterparts and leave. That is such a great way of aging the characters up.
0: Yes, especially because the adult actors play the Osmonds from like age 19 through to full adulthood
1: there's some interesting moments where for instance jay is sat watching young jay talk with his dad and he's reliving these moments Mm -hmm. but the only moment we ever have any kind of like omniscience is each osmond has a private moment with their dad and you see Young Osmond interacting, and then you see aged out version of Osmond and see how that dynamic hasn't really changed. yeah, some of them are incredibly tough to watch. I think it was with meryl so this is Alfie Murray when Dad is trying to get him to pronounce indubitably and he can't and you're watching him stutter on stage and you're feeling... That was ri-
0: horrible because I was just sat there like, what what reason could there be for this six-year-old to need to say that word?
1: And then he's like, well, I guess we'll give the, the line someone else in this song then. And, and then you've got, you know, Meryl being like, no, I can do this. I can do this.
0: And the mum is like, you're literally giving him a stammer yes. by making him say this word over and over again and the dad's like no he needs to do it I and mean- then he
1: finally nails it and dad's like good you can go rest now and then you see a scene with adult and you can see why adult Merrill really struggles to speak with dad because like he remembers these moments but then you have like young Alan who's like I will give you the horn and you will become the new leader you know you are you are my voice to the boys and then you see it again the way old Alan talks to dad so it's a really nice book ending But it's interesting. Yeah, there's really
0: clear links between the two.
1: How does Jay know these? Are these genuine stories that he has had from his brothers? Mm -hmm. Was he there that watched them, but in terms of staging, he made it private? Mm -hmm. Or is this just storytelling technique? Like how trustworthy is he now? I'm inclined to believe quite, because Alex Lodge does a really good job at becoming trustworthy on stage. Yeah. But I think it does a really nice thing. I was saying this to you last night. Other biopics would paint it very much that dad was abusive.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting the way that this was done, because it's very much up to you as the audience and your opinion. Because I watched this and was like, this guy abused his kids. They should not have been working from such a young age. And I know there's kids that want to perform yeah. and want to be on stage. And the way that the kids were presented in this is that, like, this was their passion. They wanted to do yes. this. That's fine. But the way that he treats them, they are not allowed to show emotion. Mm-hmm. And they're children. And I was like, no, this is unacceptable. Terrible parenting. And But
1: they don't explicitly say that. And I think that's that. really interesting. You still feel like there's a huge level of respect George Osmond as the patriarch of the Osmond family. He's a military man, he was in the army, he lives by very, very strict codes of like honour and family comes first, and he's instilling that in and you know, instilling the work ethic.
0: Well, his whole thing is faith, family, work in yes. that
1: order. They're very much the Mormon von Trapps, which is a joke they say, and I loved it, but you obviously have the bit where he comes out with a bugle. Well, yeah, because he was an army man. And then all the kids line up, and you have the little. Um, I don't know what the thing is, but you know what you, you blow into to get them tuning. tuning thing. Yeah, It felt very much the Von Traps as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's interesting. You know, I think this does a really good job at keeping to that family friendly, wholesome image that the Osmonds seemingly portrayed, which we get throughout all of this. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get any anything that you really didn't know already. You're not going to get the real... Backstage goss, Mm -hmm. as it were. You, you know, it's it is very much in line with that family representation. But I do think that Charlie Allen did a great job as George. Yeah, he did seem big and imposing, which you know, which father doesn't when you're a seven year old child.
0: Yeah, this guy was a very good actor.
1: They, I mean, to be honest, they all are. They have a fantastic cast in this. and you've oh, got...
0: Absolutely, but the actor who was playing their dad does not sing. Yes. Or at least does not sing from what we see. He probably sings backstage as part of the ensemble, but I think he never he... sings on stage.
1: Does he not sing during I'll Be Home for Christmas? Or is he just giving things out?
0: He's giving things out. I didn't notice him singing. Yeah.
1: But you've got him bouncing really well off Nicola Bryan, who plays Olive Osmond, who's the... The, the matriarch and the pair of them... well
0: she's not in charge of anything
1: well she's in charge of the fan mail
0: <laughs> oh good
1: but yeah I this think... is
0: this is a very male run family yes and, uh she doesn't have a whole lot to do there's rare occasions where the dad will listen to her yeah but it's about like really insignificant things
1: yeah but it is interesting that you see that you've got her is the... Ca- She's very much the caring one. If they want emotion, if they want sympathy, par- you know, parenting, in that sense, yeah, that's who they go to. There's that nice scene on Christmas with... Was it? Which, I don't remember which baby Osmond it was, but one of them, like I, I think it was maybe Baby Alan, who's like, "I'm supposed to set the lights up and they don't work," and he's like, really struggling. He's
0: Literally going to give himself an anxiety attack.
1: And she just goes up I and mean, she just, "Have you?" I I find it often works if you just click the switch and they go on. And she's like, "Come here, stop putting all this pressure on yourself," mm-hmm. and you you feel like you've got two very different parents there. That you know George is there to be the manager. Yep, and then olive is there to be a mother yes what did you think of their kind of origin story i think you it got a kind of rise out of you you enjoyed it
0: oh yeah so their origin story is that they went to la to audition for a studio they didn't say which one They, they probably couldn't say which one yeah And when they got there, the studio were like, nope, you're not on the list. See you later. And so the mum is like, okay, well, we'll go to Disneyland. We're in LA. So they go to Disneyland, uh, meet the Main Street Quartet singers and sing for them, and then the Main Street Quartet guys are like, "Hey, you should meet our boss." And then they took them in to meet Walt Disney, and Walt Disney was like, "I'll give
1: you a job." Yeah, because he 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 gets in touch with Andy Williams. Yeah, and it's like you need. Why are these, guys aren't on these the-.
0: kids on your show? Yeah,
1: but you've got again a really nice thing that right away we like Jay. Mm-hmm. He's very much our voice, and we need to like him. Is he says, you know, I sat on Walt Disney's knee, and he drew me a Mickey Mouse and signed it. And do you want to know what happened to that picture? <laughs> Yeah, me too. Because I lost it by the end of the day. Because I was a child. Yeah. And they he comes. They come across really nice. Like you look, watch this. and You're like, I like these guys. And if yeah. this is how they really are, I want to know more about the Osmonds because they seem really likable. Mm-hmm. They practice what they preach. You know, they're not you know really nice publicly and then backstage are terrors. Well, not to other people. Yeah, and we never see that staging of things like the Andy Williams show. It's very good. It's like when we saw White Christmas, and you had the um, camera following, the camera him. guy
0: following them around. Yeah,
1: very, very nice. I I enjoyed it a lot. I think the set design is really, really good because it's so simple that you've got two levels with some stairs that you can go up that like, move as much as they need to. Mm-hmm. But it feels very much like you're watching. You've got like the border, which feels like glitz and glam but from that kind of 60s 70s era of tv
0: yeah
1: the lighting's good you've got a nice little pod at the back that mm-hmm. has the osmonds colors up but the screen can come up and then you see the band
0: yeah on stage Which is like re- with waitress really really cool
1: so we go through their lives and i think this is really nice and we see basically the ups the ups the ups and there's a you know i think it's really funny that donnie does really even in this about the whole osmonds yeah seem to outshine all of them you know, like, you get nice moments. And they're not hiding away from the fact that Donny was probably the most popular Osmond child.
0: At the time, yes.
1: You know, they reference it. You've got the nice little cute Donny Osmond coming on, and he does a, a thing with Andy Williams, and it's really cute. You hear the whole audience going, Oh mm-hmm. And you start act two with them singing as a group, and then they go into Puppy Love. And you feel like <laughs> it's really great because you have got joseph peacock playing donny osmond and he's he's interacting with the audience in the front row as well who are going crazy for him like they've gone back in time themselves yeah
0: and a lot of the audience were having a a great time with donny osmond but when this guy was so funny as well he knew what he was doing there was there's a line in puppy love is that now or later
1: this is act two start of act two
0: yeah so there's a line in puppy love where there's like a uh, so they call it puppy Love because we're only in our teens. And yes. he like went to sing that line to the woman that he sang the whole song to in the front row, looked up at the audience and winked like, because uh, we're not in our teens. I was yes. just like, that's hilarious.
1: Yeah. And then you have this nice bit where, you know, the security have to come on stage because it's getting like a mob. But it's staged really, really well. And I think, again, it makes us trust this story even more mm-hmm. because the story isn't designed to hide other things. You know, this is the story of all of them. But when we include things like Donnie is bigger than the Osmonds. Yeah. We trust Jay's writing, or at least his story, to be more true. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's very, very successful with this. Like, it doesn't feel like they hide away from the specifics. And I like that.
0: Yeah. So one of the... One of the less good things... (laughs) Yep. about this musical that really isn't a hugely negative aspect but just needs a little bit of tweaking i think is that a lot of the conflict happens late on in
1: act two and yeah and, and... and it's
0: not 11th hour conflict it's not like we've had a the main conflict already and then this is the last twist before we get to the finale and everything will be fine this is like the main conflict And it just needed to happen earlier.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely on this. So what we learn is that as their career kind of goes upwards, the original four Osmonds kind of take a backstage role. To Donnie. To Donnie and Marie. So there's one song that Donnie is struggling, because they were known as the one-take Osmonds. And now Donnie's on like his 10th take. They've got to get the song by the end of the day. And he can't change his pitch. He's exhausted. Marie says, it, let me come song's in. The too
0: high. Yeah. And
1: they come in, they make it. And now Marie, it's the Donnie and Marie thing, which leads to their variety show act. Yeah. And the other Osmonds are very much backstage roles to it. But this is where you have Alan and Merrill, who enjoy the production side of it and think, great, mm-hmm. let's do more of this. And and this is the thing when you look at the plot of this show, it talks about how you know everything is going great until one big mistake costs them everything. Yeah. And this big mistake turns out to be the Osmond Production Center back in Utah. They've mm-hmm. gone out of, and they, they you know seemingly at first they're they're successful. They name drop a lot of different people who have come, you know, and worked on the stage with them. But yeah. we don't see anything of it not being successful. And then suddenly... No, and
0: then suddenly we're told, oh yeah, they're like hemorrhaging money. Yeah. And we're like, are you? (laughs) Okay.
1: And it leads to this whole family discussion where everyone starts shouting at each other.
0: Oh yeah, they have this thing where before they're allowed to do anything as a group, they they have to vote. And it's majority wins. But every time they do it, whoever is the outlier always ends up changing their vote anyway because of the pressure of everybody else being like we're going to do this so it's not like the best system no <laughs> they don't really listen to the person who's like no this isn't really a good idea but they've spent all this money on the studio and
1: and not all this money all, all the of money their money that yeah. they've earned since they were six yeah And it comes to a head because all the money's gone, there's Mm -hmm. been some bad financial decisions, the lawyers have kind of conned them because they're not good producers. Yeah. And it just kind of happens. And then you're like, you know, you see George be like shouting at the boys. Being like, This is not what we do. How dare you speak to each other this way. We will not declare bankruptcy because if we do, we lose our name.
0: Literally, they lose their family name. And yeah.
1: it basically is a really interesting thing, but it's so rushed through. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I personally feel. Act one should have built to that.
0: Yeah.
1: Been far more montagey. Act 1 should have built to that. Mm-hmm. With Act 2 then being all about the Donnie and Marie show and you build on some of the other Osmond brothers their resentment because you have Wayne who hates this. You've got them doing I'm a little bit country. Yeah. And
0: that isn't actually the song that they're singing. Is it not the song they're no, singing? No, they never did, I'm a Little Bit Country. Oh, do they not? Maybe that happened later, but I don't know.
1: you know the song, I ref- the, the song I mean? Again, it's really difficult when I don't know all the Osman songs, and there's so many in this.
0: They but do this song where all the boys dress up as...
1: Bumpkins in their words. Yeah,
0: and they call them that, and it's kind of like a... I don't even know how to explain it. They're just doing backup songs. It's like Fordville, basically. Yeah.
1: Because they're like the last great vaudeville act or variety show. Mm-hmm. And then you've got them all in these silly costumes and you've got Wayne really, really kind of like depressed. Out and so so I go, we used to be big and now we're just a sideshow act. And it's like, this isn't what I wanted for my career. Yeah. Now, if you could have had more moments like this in act two that built up, but also showing Alan and Merrill making these bad financial decisions. Yeah. It feels like this pressure's building up more so until it finally happens. It just just comes out of nowhere. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a part of me that really likes the way it's done here, simply because it's Jay's story. Jay wasn't part of this world. Yeah. And anything else would possibly be fake. Mm -hmm. Do I want fakeness in this? No. Yeah. But maybe what he should have done is consulted with the brothers on this. Because... We've got a scene in act one that shows that Merrill wants to get married to his his girlfriend and he's not allowed because they have to be single to sell their image.
0: Yeah. And he has to marry her because otherwise they she can't come on tour with them. Yes. Because they're Mormons, obviously.
1: And but this is the thing you can see why he would want to move to Utah and stay there to have this family. He's, you know, instead of having not knowing where he is if you'd explored more of their reasons for the other Osmonds wanting to stay here, mm-hmm. I think that could be really, really interesting. But it's, it's, I guess it's the thing is, we start the very opening of the play with Jay and Alan arguing. Yeah. We don't really get much of any conflict between them until this point. And it just feels rushed and out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I would love if Jay was doing far more to elude throughout. Yeah. To these choices that happened that led to him having no choice but to leave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that is really one of my biggest gripes with this, is it's very long and actually doesn't really do much in terms of the plot. It goes really well from one set piece to the next set piece. Yeah. And we get a little bit of information about where they're at, mm-hmm. but not enough for it to be satisfying.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of really montagey bits in this. And you start to lose caring about the characters. Because, like, functionally in this, they are characters. We know that they're the real Osmonds. But, like, these are characterised versions of them. And after a while, you're just kind of like, okay, I need something to happen now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of left waiting. Because you've been promised this big, like big inciting incident and then when jay finally does leave it's not important no because they've gone on tour they decide and i tell you what this i think is really really cool they don't declare bankruptcy they work
0: they do two world tours back to back to pay off all of their debtors and they
1: do but they get themselves back to zero that's it
0: but that's the end
1: but that and that is (laughs) very very cool and like it makes me really admire them like, they're not, like, somebody who's like, oh, we made a mistake now. They work hard. They have a really great work ethic. Yeah. And then, on, you know, this is where we started the show, as the final performance on their final world tour, and Jay leaves. And you speak- No. Is it that not? isn't. Well, no, but no, it ends, and then we have a little bit after that, We kind of get back to our starting no, point. No, that's
0: not what I mean. Oh, our okay. starting point happens when the breakdown of their family happens, where they're going to go and do two world tours. Yeah. They're, like, in their, what, 20s, 30s at yes. that point, right? It's got to be their 20s, because yeah, otherwise it. this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then Jay is like, I'm going to go to university now. We've done our two-hour tours. We're back at zero. Yeah. I'm leaving. But then the tour at the end is, like, 20 years no, later. No, I know it is. That's what I was saying. And But that jump, I was just sat there like, you're not going to tell us what happened at university we're here for you. You're the character that is telling us this story and you're just going to skip over all the stuff that you're saying at the beginning caused a lot of problems in your family. Yeah. But it's obviously not that much of a problem. Yeah. Because you're just not going to tell us about it.
1: No, that's exactly what I was... Yeah, what I, what I mean. And I, it does then jump forward again. So we we, we end at this point point, then we come back and he's talking about, well, actually, and then we move forward and we have this tour. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get, you know, they're... they're you know 50 year anniversary where they do love me for a reason and it is really triumphant it's the first time they've all performed on stage together mm-hmm. it has the culmination with wendy because as jay leaves the group his mother says oh this person wrote you a lot and we see like three or four different wendy letters and her life just goes downhill but the one thing she always has is the osmonds yeah and specifically jay and mum gives a letter and say read these remember that you're the glue that holds this family together and yeah there were
0: two bits like that where there were lines where we were like yeah all right jay jay has a very
1: high opinion of himself (laughs) but you know that's fine history is is written by the survivors you you know and and we say at the interval where is this wendy storyline going does he marry wendy Is this, is this the point of it that he's going to find Wendy and that's going to be what makes him want to leave the band because he realizes he can now have a family and more options. Yeah. But instead it's that, you know, they're about to go on live and the producer comes out and is like, by the way, can I, I shouldn't ask this. I know you're busy. Can you meet my mum? And Jay's like, yeah, of course I can. Out comes Wendy and she gets, you know, her dream fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But again, we know it's Wendy But Jay never puts two and two together in terms of the letters. Like, it would have been really nice if there was a moment where Jay's like, hold on a second, Wendy, did you write this letter for me? And then it turns out that Jay's carried this letter with him because it kept him going when he felt down. Yeah. It just felt like it was all like, it was great for us as the audience. And maybe it's that wish fulfilment that a lot of people maybe in Woking had, Mm -hmm. that maybe they did get to see Jay Osmond at the bar and were like, we love you. Yeah. And they get that wish fulfilment moment. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like to I would have I would have liked to have known more about those wilderness years where he wasn't part of the Osmonds. Well,
0: because this is the thing, right? Wendy kept happening and we kept being like, okay, either she is the representation of all of his fans, yeah, or she's an actual character that he is gonna meet at university and they're gonna fall in love and It's his wife in real life. And she's
1: who brings him back to the Osmonds because actually he realised family is important. How much people
0: meant he meant to people in the real world. Yeah, something like that. And then he was like, I went to university in England. And I was like, okay, let's meet Wendy. I'm ready for this. Yeah, but she
1: went to America.
0: Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, why why was she important? She wasn't. We never see him read that letter. No,
1: we just see him given the letter. He's given it, he puts
0: it in his pocket. Yeah. And then he meets Wendy and she's like, hey, you were always there for me. My name's Wendy. Please sign this thing. And then she leaves and you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what is the takeaway from this that the Osmonds meant a lot to a lot of people? Basically. But that doesn't.
1: But I, do you know what would have been a better way of doing it is if you had multiple different people step forward and speak these and layered them over the top of each other? It's not just fan mail for Jay. You have Wendy come out and speak, and then you have Denise come out and speak with one <laughs> for Donnie. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you have like loads of different ensemble performers come out mm-hmm. and speak and read these letters aloud, and they all end with uh, your biggest fan or your number one fan. Because mm-hmm. Wendy even says it to, to Jay, and he doesn't seem to connect anything to hearing that you're number one fan. And he even writes it himself, but he doesn't seem to put anything together. Mm -hmm. In terms of a love letter to the Osmonds, this does, I think, a really good job at referencing a lot of different things. We have one sole reference to little Jimmy Osmond.
0: Oh Yeah, he comes on and he sings long-haired lover from Liverpool.
1: Which is great. Which is great. And they talk about how he's just in Japan, big in Japan. big
0: in Japan or something. And then... When they introduce the cartoon characters, they have that big cardboard cutouts of them. and is I was so talking, like, good. Yeah, That's... Great.
1: But again, like they they're standing, they all present them to each other. And they're joking like about how they're Scooby Doo, and you know it's they do like, that Scooby Doo. Oh. Yeah,
0: which they had to credit in the program because yeah. they said that, which is hilarious. But I, you
1: know, there's there's a lot of nice small little things they reference.
0: Well, like they turn all the cardboard cutouts of the cartoon characters around, and they're all like laughing at them. And then they get all the way down to Donnie and there's still one left. And one of the guys is like, who's the last one? But one of one of the Osmonds is like, who's that last one? And the mum's like, it's my baby Jimmy. And you're like, okay. But then when... You see what I mean now? Yeah. He doesn't look like the rest no. of them. He's in a di- slightly different cartoon style. Yeah. And he's blonde. Yeah. And you're like, okay.
1: But I think that moment is very, very cool. You yeah. know, a lot of money has been spent on those cutouts to make them look good. So funny. And it is, you know, I think... If you are a fan of the Osmonds, you are going to get so much out of this show mm-hmm. because there's so many nice little references to things they've done that you can watch and you can be like, oh, my God, this takes me back. Yeah. And for us on the outside, waving through a window, you know, <laughs> we're getting like some nice little moments. We don't necessarily understand them all, but like it's fun and you can see these. Mm hmm. I think one of the best things about this is certainly the costume design and also like the choreography, the costume design and the wig design. So you've got uh, Bill Deamer choreographing Lucy Osborne's costumes. Yes. I've done a little bit of watching, you know, Osmond's music videos or Osmond performances. The choreography and the costumes. Mm -hmm. It is like we're watching the real Osmond's. You know, they've stepped out of a time machine in 2022. It's very, very cool. There's a lot of hard work. But Sam Cox's wigs and hair design is great because they all look great and they stay on under some very, very high pressure choreography.
0: And the one that the actor who's playing Jay is wearing looks like it could just be his own hair. Right, It's a very, very well designed wig. Some of them less so than others. But that's just based on the actor's face shape compared to the hairstyle that they have. But yeah, that was really, really cool.
1: So Sam Cox has done, I spoke to you about this before we, we went live, just a few things that Sam Cox has done in terms of their CV.
0: Uh, is this the actor or the wig
1: person? The wig person. Wigs, hair and makeup designer. Cabaret, curtains, magic goes wrong in the West End. Six, the musical, West End, Broadway, UK tour, White Christmas. Bed, knobs and Six the musical. Mm-hmm. But also, in terms of film wigs, Spencer, Captain Marvel 2, Marvel Secret Invasion, No Time to Die, Disney's Little Mermaid, Dungeons and Dragons, Death on the Nile, Cruella. Really
0: excited for this Dungeons and Dragons movie.
1: Like, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Indiana Jones. In terms of television wigs, Bridgerton. It's amazing. Like, yeah, Bridgerton, uh, that's a cool one. But you can certainly yeah. see that money and effort has gone into not just kind of telling of the story, but everything else that's going to bring people into this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not, you know, obviously they're not the Osmonds, but they've done a blooming good job at trying to make it feel like you are watching the Osmonds, I think. Yeah. Because I think that is certainly what people want. They want to be, this is nostalgia driven. Mm-hmm. If we were to watch this as a film, you would want to cast the right people to try and tell the Osmond story. Yeah. Biopics are huge. And it fo- they they tend to fall if you're not watching it and feeling like, oh, I'm actually watching this person. They've done a really good job at making it feel like these really are the Osmonds, I mm-hmm. think. What did you make of the audience?
0: Oh, they were having the best time.
1: But not in a way that I ever felt...
0: Not in a way that was negative. They didn't sing along. No. Which was amazing. I really... That's what I was expecting. I was expecting people to sing We talked about along. it, yeah. And... They did get a little bit. I guess rowdy is the like nicest word, but in a they're cheering for actors on this stage, and it was making the actors play up to it even more. So it's obvious it wasn't a negative thing. It was like you know when you go and see uh, Wicked and she sings Defying Gravity and people scream in yeah. the audience. It was like that, which yeah. was great. And when at, the actors are singing out to the audience, they make eye contact with the audience members. They were all cheering. That's great certain songs they knew the dances to. We
1: we really liked doing Love Me for a reason at the end. We were watching around laughing, people standing up swaying, people were doing the the movement. When they back say to yeah, them. let
0: me be the one girl, everybody was doing the one yeah. in the air, which is so cute and so funny. But then there were other ones like um Crazy Horses when they sang that. They, it was like crazy horses and then they hold the thing out to the audience and the audience were like crazy, crazy which yeah. is <laughs> <We're just> cute. <laughs> we didn't know the words. So no. We just sat there like lemons but it was great.
1: It was and I think this is it. Like
0: It definitely made it more fun for me not knowing anything about the Osmonds or these songs.
1: Because you've felt
0: I felt drawn into it because the people around me were having such a good time. But
1: in the same way that you felt everything they were saying on stage was backed up by the audience responses. This wasn't just Jay Osmond bigging up his accomplishments and making himself out to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. As an outsider looking in, it made me trust the narrative even more because you had an audience that was so into it. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. And, you know, like I said before, there's a lot of stories you see, especially on Twitter, right now, about poor theatre etiquette. Your mum went to see Moulin Rouge last week and, again, really bad theatre etiquette there with people singing.
0: audience members singing along.
1: You know, and... Which is inappropriate. You know, the Woking staff did a really good job of, if anyone was overstepping the mark, they Mm -hmm. were very on it, more so than I've seen with any other show. They were very, very on it, in terms of going and intervening. Yeah. But you never, I never felt like I was getting frustrated because the people near me were singing or too over the top. Mm. Especially because this is a concert for the most part. Like it's very much designed like it is that concert type experience. Yeah. That you wouldn't, you, you'd forgive them for singing along to Puppy Love because that's what they're kind of going for with the staging of it, and it gives it a more naturalistic view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not like Moulin Rouge where you are having people sing along. Because they liked the film so much. Yeah. So I, I, I think the audience, I think, did a really good job. We we managed to catch up with uh, Mickey Joe
0: mm-hmm.
1: again. Between, you know, us two, him and his partner. I think we brought the average age down a heck of a lot. Yeah, we did. But I I, I enjoyed but it. But that's the
0: thing. Wait, that, this show was not aimed at us and we still had a really good time.
1: Right. In terms of pacing, I think it's a very long show. It was 74. Four minutes for Act 1 mm-hmm. and 67 minutes for Act 2 I believe. And
0: I think the last 15 minutes of Act 2 was just a concert.
1: Yeah, so it's 141 minutes in total plus a 20 minute interval, right? Yeah. This is a very very long show. You're almost going to be in the theatre for about 3 hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I've said, if I was a huge fan of the Osmonds... And if I had Osmond mania like surging through my veins, I don't think that would be long enough. I think that'd be too short. But as somebody who wants a bit more exposition and is like waiting for big moments that don't always come, that aren't always satisfying, the show feels very long. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got a whole set piece of I'll be home for Christmas. Yep. It is long. It is slow. Is it necessary? No.
0: Yeah, because it's kind of a throwaway joke to be like... Oh, they outwardly look like they're all really close, but underneath we're all falling apart. It was like, we knew that anyway, you told us that.
1: (laughs) But especially because the joke is that it's not actually Christmas. They're filming something for their show and there's like, and cut, and then they all go away. Do we need all of that for this? It adds arguably three to four minutes that do we need? In the same way, the, the country sequence I referenced where... You know, Wayne is disappointed about career trajectory. Do we need to see that whole sequence or could we just have him sat in this costume post-performance? You know, Mm -hmm. Jay coming and going, oh, shucks, it was a great show. And Wayne being like, you're really happy with this? Look at where we were. Look at where we are now. Look at what we're wearing. Yeah. Can you say that this is where we should be? Did we need the song to demonstrate that? No. And I think sometimes they're trying to cram in too many Osmond songs mm. just for the sake of having them, which I would never say was a fault of Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia doesn't try to have too many ABBA songs. Yeah. They have what they have. Sure, people would have liked more. And I'm still like, I would still put my hands up and say suck to the Dancing Queen is just like a throwaway joke. Which one is at the end for the credits in the first one? Super Trooper. Yeah. And then Waterloo. Yeah, Waterloo in the first one. Obviously, Mamma Mia 2 writes are wrong with Waterloo. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Waterloo is just kind of thrown in at the end is disappointing. But you know what? Fine. They've managed to fit what they can in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe less is more with this. And maybe having less Osmond songs and reducing the length of it a little bit, considering we don't get as much plot as we want. Yeah. You know, maybe that'd be of the benefit. This isn't necessarily the plot. It's the spectacle.
0: Yeah. The costumes that they come out in for the end of the show are referenced slightly earlier on because they were designed for them by Elvis's costume designer, which are the all in one, jumpsuits jumpsuit things which i always associate with like saturday night fever kind of look but i don't actually think anybody wears one of those in saturday night fever that's just where my brain goes but they're so great they are definitely their power ranger costumes yeah and they're the ones that are on the uh, posters and the covers for everything because they're really nice really well designed white jumpsuits with their belts in the colors that they uh yeah
1: represent
0: I I think the costumes did a great job
1: throughout. I really do. You know, you you could look at any picture of the Osmonds, like their big moments, and you see these costumes on stage. Mm.
0: Yeah, so all the characters were colour-coded. Yes. Except for in one scene towards the end where they were all wearing the same sort of burgundy colour. Yeah. Which caused an issue for me because the main five Osmonds were all wearing the burgundy colour And then there was this sixth boy on the stage. And I was like, who is this? Who's this supposed to be? Because at this point, I'd forgotten that uh, Jimmy existed. Yeah,
1: Jimmy was a thing.
0: Well, that by this point, he would be an adult. So I was just looking at this boy like, you're wearing the same colour as the others. Because his colour was this burgundy colour. And I could not for the life of me figure out who he was. In the scene where they're all talking about what's going to happen, are they going to go bankrupt? And I was just looking at him like, Who are you? You weren't here before. Yeah. We've gained one. Who are you? But
1: especially because they reference that they've got two older brothers who work backstage as well, that we, who not, we never see. Yeah, yeah, who we never see. So you're like, Why weren't they involved in this? Why did we not just have two of the ensemble come in and be them as well?
0: And why did we never see them when the others were children? Were they yeah. already nearly adults? Yeah. Like It's very, very know.
1: interesting with a lot of this. Yeah. I think ultimately I had a good time with with this one. I think the audience made it better. Mm -hmm. Certainly seeing them have a great time. But I think the actual, what you see on stage is very, very well done. It's very, very crisp. The spectacle of it's really nice. You are are going back in time and reliving Mm -hmm. Osmond mania, which is really, really fun. Ultimately, I think it's just a little too long for me you know, the fact that I, I started to, you know, like, oh, my back is starting to hurt a little bit. I've been sat down for too long now. Yeah. It just, it it reaches like lame is levels of length mm-hmm. with with the plot not necessarily going anywhere because you get musical sequence after musical sequence. Yeah. But in terms of what you're watching on stage, it's colourful, it's wholesome. And I think it does a lot for the fans of the Osmonds. And, you know, certainly leaving, everyone was having a good time. Mm -hmm. Nobody seemed negative about it. They enjoyed what they'd seen. What would you say? So I guess it's difficult to do best song, skip song for this one. But was there any song that you've, you know, in the time since we've seen it, that you really remembered and really enjoyed?
0: I think it has to be Love Me For A Reason, but just because of, the audience reaction to it yeah. and the way that like everybody knew that dance move where you do the one in the air and it was just so we were cute. looking
1: around and just laughing and smiling it and was infectious
0: while the actors were singing yeah. they were laughing as well because the audience started doing the dance with them and it was great i and so that was like a really memorable lovely moment for this
1: puppy love for me was great i think it did a really good job at like showcasing what osmond mania was like oh
0: absolutely but also just being crazy really
1: and how again the audience reaction of screaming for Donnie osmond was fantastic mm-hmm. and i think the performance was really really fun love me for a reason didn't disappoint i did like the crazy horses bit at the yeah, end and people
0: really liked that too and
1: like i say it was this really nice culmination of this joke with jay being like do you know what my theory is it's the only one I sang on. You know, it was really nice that that, you know, this act then gets this nice moment through a really good curtain call of the concerts.
0: Yeah. All of the dancing in this was amazing too. Like the dancing that goes along with it and they were obviously incorporating moves that were actually from the Osmonds performances.
1: Exactly.
0: I do have a Skip It song. Yeah. But which is just I'll be home for Christmas because I think they could remove that whole Same thing yeah,
1: I, I would agree completely I just think it's out of place yeah I don't think they, they, they necessarily need it mm-hmm. I think you know especially in this current format that if there was more enacted to show the decline of the family if that sequence then led to them all just putting the presents away and walking away without saying a word to each other the juxtaposition of a time when family should be really close together but their family is so splintered
0: mm-hmm.
1: would do more yeah that, yeah, I'd guess that that would be my my skip it song as well. Yeah. Do you have a role you'd want to play?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, of I the have two what? or three
1: female characters.
0: Yeah, I get my only choice is like Marie or Wendy, and Wendy was a bit older than I am because she then plays an adult version of yeah. herself at the end. So I guess Marie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could be a little bit country.
0: Yeah. I loved her outfits and this were amazing. I was literally watching because they're all dressed so wonderfully. And all the background characters, I was like, oh, I'd wear that.
1: That's yeah. really nice.
0: I would wear that. That's lovely.
1: <laughs> well, Marie Osmond is played by Georgia Lennon.
0: And she was fantastic.
1: And she is actually part of a UK country duo, One Trick Pony. Mm-hmm. And you could tell from her voice, she was very, very country. Yeah. I... I don't know, there's a part of me. Obviously, Jay Osmond's a fun role, you know, the whole speaking to the audience and, you know, tongue in cheek. But I do like, of of all the Osmonds, I really liked Meryl's kind of arc. Like, you felt like Meryl was the one who wanted more. And I feel like as an as an actor, you could do a lot with that role in terms of, like, showing that disappointment and the struggle to, you know, speak to, to his dad and try to open up. And, you know, that pressure of, like, I'm, I know you're going to say no to me, yeah. but I have to ask. I thought it's some nice moments with Meryl. Like, certainly, out of all the other Osmonds, I feel Meryl had more than Andy, more than Alan, who was just like, I'm the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne just doesn't like where he's going. And obviously, Donnie gets nice moments as well. Like, I'd have a great time doing the whole puppy love thing to the audience. Yeah. But I think if, you know, the the, the one I'd want to play would be Jay or Meryl. Yeah. MVP... It has to be
0: the guy who played Jay. He was on stage the whole time.
1: Well, so he did a really good job. This is the thing. I've got like multiple different like subsections of MVPs. The child cast. Mm -hmm. All of them were amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right? And do I just want to say my MVP is the child cast because of how good they all were. Like they play such a pivotal part in these early moments of what actually, like they show you the charm of what made the Osmonds get to this point. Yeah. Jay is on stage all the time. So he's a really good, trustworthy narrator. But I also think, like, in terms of design elements, that you've, you've got, you know, some really great costumes, some amazing choreography, and the wigs that actually make this world feel more real. Yeah. So there's a few different areas for MVP. You know, I think all of them deserve shout-outs, but Jay leads this so well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in terms of accessing the world. He's a good narrator and a good
0: person to have a link with because he just wants the best for everyone. That's
1: it. He's trustworthy. And I think that, especially because we know it's his story, it could come across cheesy when you talk about how... It is a little
0: bit. It is,
1: but it could come across more cheesy if not for how well he plays it. Mm -hmm. So I think he's my MVP overall. Yeah, me too. What is your star rating for The Osmonds, a new musical?
0: I think... Well, so I think with a couple of changes, it could be higher than what I'm going to put it as because it is very, very long. And there's a, a few different bits where you're like, okay, we could live without this. Like this doesn't need to be here because we already know the information that you're showing us, specifically the RB home for Christmas. Here. Yes. But I think it's like a solid three as it currently is. And with changes and uh Uh, different choices made for certain things I think it definitely could go higher up in my star rating
1: yeah I would say it's very similar for me that I've given it three and a half stars because I do like a lot of it I think there's some nice moments but it does go very long and just doesn't always feel as satisfying for the outsiders I want to know more than I'm given sometimes and just when I feel like I'm finally getting the plot it's like oh nope Get yeah. past that bit. That was really interesting to me. I'd Like to know more about the the rise and decline of the production center, but apparently we're only going to dedicate five minutes of this hour, you know, hundred forty one to it. Could we have more? I think that's that for me is is its kind of biggest issue. We didn't get to see the puppies either.
0: No, we didn't.
1: I, I you know I'm just going to do a shout out because I think this is a really good idea. Some lo- lovely synergy. Woking did a uh, charity event for. This on Tuesday during the day that they had the cast interacting with the cutest of puppies. And this was to benefit Chimney Farm International Dog Rescue. And the they brought along puppies been saved from Crete. And yeah, it was just really, really cute. And Woking were raising money the whole run of the Osmonds to raise money for this brilliant charity. But we didn't get to hug any puppies, unfortunately. No. Because we were at work. Yes. But good work.
0: It was very bitter.
1: (laughs) You know, great work from the the team at Woking there, you know, using this platform. Because I think this this would have got maybe a lot of people who haven't been to a theatre into a Mm theatre. It was busier than I thought it would be for a brand new musical. So, good job. Next week, we're going to do something different. We're going to start a brand new series. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it?
0: So, from next week, every month, we are going to cover a classic Disney movie and talk about it in terms of musical theatre.
1: Yeah, I'm really, really excited. We're going to go from the very, very start Yep. with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We're going to be going through these films, but what are the rules in place to make sure they qualify?
0: So to start with, they have to have minimum five songs because yes. otherwise we're going to cover some musicals that only have like two songs in them. And that, in my opinion, does not count as a musical. No. And also the majority of the songs have to be sung by characters, not just there is music in the background. So, so for Fantasia. example, well, we probably won't be covering Brother Bear. Is Which
1: one I've never seen anyway. Because
0: there is one song that is sung by an actual character yeah, and the rest of them, while the music in that film is incredible, uh, are background songs and aren't sung by the characters. So we probably won't be covering that one. But we are starting at the start with Snow White.
1: Excellent. Yeah. And I think this is going to be quite fun because a lot of these, you know, when we get to the Renaissance, and I think what we might do as well is as we end an era of Disney, we might talk about you know, musicals that maybe, or films that maybe have one song in and maybe talk about like just these Disney songs. Yeah. But certainly sum up the era as we end it. Because as we come into the Renaissance Mm -hmm. period, I've watched those films so many times that it's going to be really exciting to watch them again. Yeah. But things like Snow White, I don't think I've watched Snow White since university. I certainly haven't watched Pinocchio since I was a child because that gave me nightmares. Yeah. Are we going to cover live-action Disney musicals as well? So, for instance, Mary Poppins,
0: uh, if we're going chronologically. we get to them, yes.
1: And that's quite nice as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And obviously some we've already covered in the past, so we will not recover them. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, so we're not going to watch Mary Poppins Returns again when we get there. Or
1: Bedknobs and Broomsticks or The Lion King. Yeah. 2019 but i think it's going to be really fun especially to watch some that i have not seen for a long time mm-hmm. maybe some i've never seen at all yep but it'll be exciting to re-watch them i think you know my formative years mm-hmm. but with better musical knowledge than yeah. i had before so that's going to be really really fun and then the week after we will be talking about Jamie again.
0: Yes, everybody's talking about Jamie is coming to the new Victoria Theatre at Woking and we're going to have a great time in your birthday week going to see that. Yes,
1: and then on the 28th we will be uh, heading for another piece of live theatre as we talk about But I'm a Cheerleader. I'm so excited to go and see that. I know nothing about it except I know that a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. And you said we absolutely had to see that one. Mm Mm-hmm we will then be covering for our second birthday on the 4th we'll be talking about Evita yes. we seem to always cover something Andrew Lloyd Webber Now we started with Joseph, then we did uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Evita, the fact that we'll be coming to two years and haven't talked about that yet mm-hmm. I'm excited, and then again we'll have another bit of live theatre, we will be going to see Anyone Can Whistle at the Southern Playhouse Yeah. so a bit of time. So we've got some really exciting things on the horizon yep you know a nice new series talking about you know disney and how it's evolved with regards to its music
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and some excellent live theater yeah as always you can get yourselves involved in the conversation over on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod let us know your thoughts on any of these upcoming features but also have we made you want to go out and check the Osmond the new musical out yeah also tours the UK you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms we are available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Amazon Music under the podcast section of the library we are on Stitcher we are on Good Pods and our OG hosts Podbean Mm -hmm. and if you like what we do why not head over to any of those platforms or podchaser.com and leave us a review and tell us what you like about this show yes Until next week, where we go back in time to where Disney all began. See you same bat place, same bat channel.
0: Have a magical musical Monday.